brought me up out of the pit of destruction. Welcome back to Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church of North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 339. It's December 5 and December 6, 2015. Today, readings from a current report from Crossing Borders. I want to read to you the stories, the two two of the stories, if I have time, of people in our world, in today's world. It's happening right now. This is These are some people in North Korea area that are being ministered to by people right here from the Chicagoland area. <clears throat> Boa is the, the first person's name. It's a young lady. Her home in North Korea was a a single house in the countryside shared with four other families. The house had a tile roof, but it leaked in the rain. The house was dark at night. This is what Boa remembers when she thinks of home. In the winter, Boa said her family never had enough firewood. So she and her father would go to a nearby mountain very early in the morning and cut down pine trees to bring home in secret. They would take down a whole tree and slide it home on the snow. If anyone caught them, of course, there would be severe consequences. Boa's mother and father were very skinny and weak, so she always had to help on the farm. Each household was allowed to cultivate on the mountainside, but they were only given a small patch to grow corn and beans. To help as much as she could, Boa picked mushrooms from deep inside the mountains under pine trees. She could never eat the mushrooms herself, but she was able to sell them at good prices. Since Boa escaped to China, she's thought of her parents and and how they were struggling in North Korea. I wish I can make some money to send to my family so that they can move to a better house, she told us while she was in China. I'd buy them a farm in a flat area so they could get enough food for a whole year. But I don't even know how to contact them. Unlike so many of the North Korean refugee women we help, Boa was never sold into a forced marriage. Crossing borders placed her in a small city in northeast China and secured job training for her through an arrangement with a restaurant near her home. Life in China is stifling for North Koreans, and they have to constantly look over their shoulder for police or for human traffickers. Boa was working illegally at this restaurant in northeast China as a waitress. She was getting paid a decent salary, but her salary became less and less, payments coming farther and farther apart until finally they stopped. Since Boa is a North Korean refugee, there was nothing she could do about this through legal channels. She could not take the restaurant owner to court. She couldn't file a grievance. All she could do was walk away. And after five long years in China, Boa wanted to leave the country for South Korea. This was a difficult decision for her, but one that she felt was necessary. Northern Korean, North Korean refugees in China are hunted down by the Chinese government. Sources both in and out of China have told us that the government will at times publicly announce 
that they're looking for North Korean refugees to round up. Faithful citizens receive a monetary reward for the refugees they turn in to the authorities. This has made life difficult for the estimated 200,000 of these North Korean refugees who are currently in China. It's made it virtually impossible for most refugees to live a normal life. But to leave North Korea via the Underground Railroad from China to Southeast Asia is even more harrowing. First of all, refugees must place their trust in the people who run the Underground Railroad. We've received first-hand accounts from refugees who have been mistreated as they made their way out of China. Secondly, North Koreans fear that if they travel in a group of other North Koreans, they'll become easier to spot. And lastly, if they're caught along the Underground Railroad, refugees know they face even harsher punishment from the North Korean government. This is a state so separated from the world at large uh, that as its people suffered through the world's most horrible famine in modern history, its government claimed that the Democratic People's Republic of Korea was the greatest country on earth. It's a nation of muffled cries. That day at the bridge crystallized my own resolve. No, I'm sorry. I think um, I just read the wrong column there. Let me go back. Refugees know that they would face even harsher punishment from the North Korean government. So in 2012, we explained to BOA the risk of traveling to South Korea. And when she was sure she wanted to leave, we sent her on her way to the Underground Railroad with a partnering organization. Months passed with no contact from BOA. But in the summer of 2013, we received word that she had made it to South Korea's education program for North Korean refugees called Hanawan. Her trek had taken her through China, Vietnam, and eventually to Laos. She said her trip took her a long time and she was very scared. She had prayed fervently along the way. She stayed in Laos for about 40 days and after a layover in Thailand, made it to Incheon Airport in South Korea, only a few hundred miles from where she grew up in North Korea. Our missionary met with her in Seoul shortly after she finished at Hanawan. Boa looked noticeably thinner. She said that she had not eaten well until she was released from Hanawan because she was so nervous and excited. Initially, life in Seoul was a struggle for Boa. She went to school to the third grade in North Korea. She found herself behind. Imagine not going to school since the age of eight and having to go back 20 years later. Boa attended a school set up for North Korean refugees to raise her education level. She finished her high school equivalency in two years. She's now studying to attend college in Seoul. Just seven years ago, Boa was fighting starvation and picking mushrooms in the mountains of North Korea. Despite her challenges academically, she is thankful to be studying. Boa is also attending church regularly. Crossing Borders missionaries introduced her to a church in South Korea where she's growing in her faith. Boa currently has a roommate who is also a North Korean refugee, 
Both of them are struggling to survive in Seoul's advanced society. Luckily, South Korea gives about $20,000 to North Korean defectors who come into the country. Boa's dream is to bring her family to South Korea from North Korea. This takes a lot of money. Many North Korean defectors are working hard to save money so that their families can be reunited in South Korea. Boa's dream is to own a small bakery one day, but what is most remarkable to us isn't what's in her dreams, it's that she still has dreams. I'm reading from a booklet called Refugee Papers, Dreams from North Korea. It's a little booklet that's put out, it's actually the annual newsletter of the Crossing Borders Association. I would like you to get in touch with Crossing Borders. It's Post Office Box 354, Glenview, Illinois, 60025. Or go to crossingbordersnk.org. Crossingbordersnk.org. Well, I think we've got time for another story. There's only two major stories in this little booklet. Hidden Memories. This one's about Zhang, and you know that these names are probably changed. When Zhang was about six years old, his mother was captured by Chinese officers and hasn't been heard from since. He vaguely remembers what his mother looks like. He's in his teens now. His mother's whereabouts are unknown. Zhang's father, father is a farmer and walks with a limp in one leg. His father has also had brain surgery in the past and is very forgetful. Because Zhang's father is not able to take care of him, Zhang was brought to a crossing borders group home and has been under our care since. Zhang's father was diagnosed with a serious illness last year. He's asked Zhang's caregiver to not let Zhang know about his illness because he doesn't want it to affect Zhang's schooling. Zhang is a kind-hearted boy who often looks for the approval of his caretaker, teachers, and other adults. He's often struggled in school and has been described as slow by his teachers. And because of this, he's lacked effort and interest in his studies in the past. However, Zhang's attitude changed last year when two boys were brought into his group home. And when they arrived, Zhang was told that he had to serve as an example for these two younger children. Zhang has taken this call to action to heart. This past year, he's been much more studious. He's been making better grades at school. On a visit to China by our team last winter, Zhang was found in his bedroom studying by himself while the rest of his housemates were out playing games. This summer, Crossing Borders sent a team to run a camp for children in our second wave program. That's the the program that Crossing Borders operates to show the compassion of Christ to the children of North Korean refugee women. Let me read a little bit more about that before I get back to Jung's story. According to a U.S. government report, 70% of all North Korean refugees are women. 80% of those women have been sold or trafficked. Let's do the math here. If there have been an estimated 500,000 North Korean refugees who have fled to China since the famine, then approximately 350,000 of them are women. And that means that 245,000 North Korean women have been sold in China. 
An important fact to remember is that every North Korean refugee in China is an outlaw. China denies these people the most basic human rights, even though the country signed uh, the UNHCR Refugee Convention of 1951. It is illegal to help a North Korean refugee, though, according to Chinese law, not international law. North Korean refugees are hunted down, arrested, deported to North Korea. They're sent to prison camps where they are tortured and possibly executed. This leaves many children who have been born to North Korean mothers at risk. Many of these children have had mothers stolen away from them at the hands of Chinese authorities. Thus the ministry called Second Wave operated by crossing borders. And where were we in the story? Uh, yeah, this summer, Crossing Borders sent a team to run a camp for children in the Second Wave program. During free time, the counselors reserved a room where children could talk to counselors about their problems and even ask for prayers. John met with one of our team members and shared that he was beginning to remember his mother. Memories of her come in brief flashes, but they have a powerful impact on him. As the counselor prayed for him, John cried. And for the first time in his life, John realized he really misses his mother and wishes he could be with her. Crossing Borders understands that though progress and healing is underway, some of the wounds in the hearts of these children are deep and often suppressed. China is a land of progress, and many children are encouraged to forget painful memories from their past to work toward a brighter future. But in our work, crossing borders has found that sometimes it is impossible, at least humanly. For children like Zhang, old wounds come back regardless of how much a child tries to stifle them. At the heart of crossing borders work is an effort to give these children an avenue to express their pain and to teach them to deal with it through principles taught in the Bible. This is our primary task as an organization. As we add programs and structure, uh, this will change. What will become of Jong depends heavily upon how he can process these old memories. It is our hope that he would be able to do so in a healthy, productive way and that he'd be ready for whatever life throws at him. Uh, there was a sentence up here I want to correct, but they're going to be adding programs and structures and the, the basic Christian thrust of it will not change is what they meant to say, what they did say, and I, I misunderstood. Well, there you have it. Uh, I hope you got a message uh, through all the tangled things I just went through with you. Uh, gives you a different flavor for the word refugee, doesn't it, in our modern world. With the first refugees we've thought about are the ones coming out of Mexico and uh, what our attitude in America is supposed to be to them as a Christian. I'm only speaking as a Christian. I don't want to talk politics here. Um, how should you treat a person who has broken the law, just came here to get a better life and could have survived down there, but uh, wanted better things up here. Maybe thought they couldn't even survive, but they came in illegally. And then you, you switch over to Syria. And we know that many of the Syrians coming to America against our will by the, the dictator president that we have, uh, these Syrians, many of them 
like the Mexicans is they just want to be free and they, in their case they want to be free from violence and their lives are at risk their very lives are at risk and so we can feel more sorry for them but then we understand there are other things that could be done with them the Middle East could handle them and they could be given safe places over there if we would just put our minds to it and we know that ISIS is infiltrating Syrian refugees and so that's one flavor another flavor of refugee but then don't forget don't forget the North Korean refugees literally dying I mean literally dying if they stay in North Korea they will die or be very very unhealthy all their lives um, the details the facts are there the statistics are clear uh, they've got to get out but when they get to China although it seems so wonderful to them they they face death in several other ways won't you pray for a refugee tonight you could remember Boa and Jong living two totally different lives but coming out of that same awful place that we ask God to to set free to deliver soon will you pray for them thank you so much I want to remind you that you can go to sermonaudio.com as you have I think already uh, to forward slash a servant 70 and look up my blog called books by Bob books by Bob and then look down through there the different things that I've written and perhaps one will be of interest to you tomorrow that is Monday because most of you will be listening to this on Sunday the, the 6th tomorrow our fourth look at Arminius and Calvin and all that discussion of of depravity and all the other things that they talked about. Important things. Important things. Maybe very important for some. God bless you. It's good to be with you. Don't forget where we began. A promise for some out of Psalm 40, verse 2. Perhaps one day, as we pray and give and help, some Korean, North Koreans, will be looking back and saying, He brought me up out of the pit of destruction.